0: On today's episode of Secrets to Scaling Your E-Commerce Brand, I got a chance to chat with Anastasia Igorva from Skechers. Uh, We had an incredible conversation all around data. And Skechers is a really interesting company because they are global. And so uh, we talked about where she looks to find the trends. uh, And hint, it's not Europe anymore. And so we had some really interesting conversations around that, around what sort of data actually matters. If you're an e-com founder, uh, even if you're an agency owner, this is going to be an incredible conversation conversation for you. Today's episode of Secrets to Scaling Your E-commerce Brand is brought to you by Mindful Marketing. At Mindful Marketing, they use ads to get you off using ads. Most e-commerce brands rely heavily on Facebook, Google, Snapchat, Twitter, and all the other paid platforms for the majority of their revenue. At Mindful Marketing, they use paid ads to help you build a community of loyal and repeat customers that will exist long after Facebook and Google do. In fact, Mindful Marketing wants to offer you a free e-commerce growth plan that they normally charge $500 for. A recent growth plan customer said, our ROAS tripled overnight after implementing their tactics. These guys are no joke at Mindful Marketing Co. So go to mindfulmarketing.co slash grow to claim your free e commerce growth plan today. Now, on to today's episode. Hey guys, we are back. Uh, we do not have a sponsor today. Um, so lucky you, you don't get to hear me read uh, a sponsorship today. Uh, but who, what we do have is we have uh, Anastasia from Sketchers. Anastasia, I'm going to get you to say your last name so I don't butcher it. You go <laughs> ahead and say your, say your full name for everybody.
1: <laughs> of course, Jordan. Hi, everyone. My name is Anastasia Igorva and I'm Vice President of Global Business Insights at Sketchers USA.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Well, I am really looking forward to diving in. Guys, if if you're into um, figuring out what all this data that you have, what it means, uh, I think today's episode is going to be absolutely perfect for you. And we all have tons of data. We probably all have enough data to make really informed decisions. And yet we don't always do that. Um, so I'm really looking forward to this conversation. Anastasia, for people who don't know, you can you tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do?
1: Absolutely. Most of my background and data analytics. And currently, I lead Global Business Insights. It's a central team at Sketches that focuses on that global view of this international brand uh, that exists pretty much in every country and every continent. And our focus is to understanding consumer, but also understand all our business trends and support our business users through uh, different tools, technologies, data analytics, uh, and insights that we provide. Prior to that, I was mostly in entertainment and telecom. Business working for AT&T, Hulu, Directv, and being in Los Angeles, you, you're either in the entertainment industry or you're uh, touching it in some one way or the other. So, uh, but um, in those companies, I also worked on data and analytics while working with all uh, parts of the business from sales, acquisition to retention to marketing, uh, finance, etc.
0: Cool. So what I'm super interested in knowing, I'm going to have tons of questions for you because you you have a bigger data set than most people who are listening to this. I, I'm so interested to learn what the data was telling you before pre-pandemic and then now and what all of that sort of looks like. Can you walk me through that?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And it's interesting you mentioned uh, we have a lot of data, obviously, being a large global business, we do. But uh, the trends and the challenges that we encountered during the pandemic, I think uh, they were similar to for small companies, smaller brands and large brands, uh, just the scale different. So for us, it was obviously an unprecedented situation where all of our retail stores had to close, and not just in the US, but in different parts of the world. With that, a lot of our customers, existing customers, but also we gain new customers, started shopping online. And although e-commerce business, direct-to-consumer business was always part of Sketches and big part of Sketches, we have not seen such unprecedented growth in such a short period of time. And what I understand from industry research for retail industry in general, that was certainly a tremendous year for e-com growth. Just to Give you some statistics of uh, the scale of the growth just in the first half of 2020. Uh, growth in e-commerce was equivalent to that of the last 10 years. I know we had. Oh my gosh. It wow. was huge. So for us to be able to study the trends and understand what kind of customers are coming to shop online, are we picking up new customers or new demographics, new segments of the population? And how do we support them? Not just from scalability standpoint, making sure we can support them from the supply chain, the right product, etc., and operations uh, standpoint, but also are we talking to them in the right way? Are we delivering the right message? And are we handling uh, different type of customers that we're gaining in the way that they will become loyal customers over time and stay with us? So some of the interesting trends that uh, we noticed and benefit of being a global brand that we see trends that are happening overseas and we can compare what's happening in the US. So for Mm -hmm. example, trends in Asia are usually leading indicators of what will happen in the US when it comes to technology innovation in the retail space, as an example. Um, interesting.
0: We- so you can look yeah. into Asia and yep. think that's coming. It's kind of like what that's we coming. all do mm-hmm. with hipsterdom is we look yep. into with these like popular products. We look to Brooklyn, right? We're like, hey, yep. what are they doing there? That's probably going to hit us in two years, right? That's exactly. probably going to be, be mainstream. Interesting. Yep. Okay, keep keep going. This is super yeah. interesting to me.
1: Uh So one is that with technology adoption, as an example, live streaming shopping is huge uh, trend right now in China and in other parts of Asia.
0: Kind of like the shopping uh, channel sort of idea? uh, YouTube
1: just recently launched. I think Facebook is working on that. But basically, it's influencers. Um, They uh, go to stores and they shop for products they try it on and they live stream their experience and that actually some tools allow you to like in asia wechat is very popular right okay. so it allows you to actually purchase during the live stream so these kind of trends are becoming super popular but and that we see that adoption coming to the us and similar with fashion trends we know what's going to hit the US, uh, not always, but in a lot of, a lot of times the trends uh, start in Asia and they come here. So uh, same, same for fashion,
0: because mm-hmm. I was going to yeah, guess yeah, like fashion, fashion trends, I was going to guess fashion was like yeah. Europe first. And then it used here. to be,
1: yeah, Milan, Paris, it used to be now it's more, and again, it depends on demographic and what type of fashion, right? But we know that in Asia, our consumer, at least sketches, consumer is much younger than in the U.S., and uh, they drive certain trends. So that's kind of interesting. For It was interesting for us during the pandemic to see what's happening in China, what's happening in uh, other countries in India, other countries in the world, because they were closing and opening at different times. So we had luxury of observing those trends and learning and trying to apply here. So I think what we found, the core is, to understand your customer. Understanding the customer and collecting the right data about your customer can really differentiate you. And it doesn't matter how much of data, you don't have to have expensive tools or software. Uh, You can do market research for free or cheap um, yeah. to understand. But it has to be timely, right? You have to be in step with your customers and meet them at the channels where they are with the product and the offering that is appealing to them.
0: So so give give yeah. me an example. What is the right data mm-hmm. to, to ask for from a customer mm-hmm. or to try to get from that customer to make a really informed decision on mm-hmm. what you're going to do next?
1: Yeah. I'll give you a couple of examples. So one is we noticed is that on the one hand, we attracted a lot more customers to the website. Um, on the other hand, we saw a large number of customers who stopped shopping with us, who used to be loyal customers and shopped very frequently. So we did the customer survey. We reached out to those customers, uh, which we have email address as part of our loyal program. We collect email addresses. We ra- reached out to them asking questions and we collected quantitative and qualitative data. So quantitative data is important because it's important for you to quantify the problem. The qualitative data is super important because it explains why people behave a certain way. What is the sentiment? What are customers are telling you? And what we found is that our loyal customers, and that's actually uh, sketches is uh, uh, like that way. And of course, that's through hard work and focus on customer, but we have very loyal customers. So the customers who are loyal to sketches, who wear sketches, they're very loyal to the brand. So we found that the majority of those customers would come back and start shopping when they feel safer in the stores. As an example, they would did mm. not feel comfortable shopping online because of site. They like to try on shoes. Uh, So, yeah, so that gives us uh, um, very good insight and uh, started a lot of good creative ideas, how we can create that virtual fitting room online, how we can alleviate uh, some of the concerns about sizing and uh, how we can make our store safe or, for example, uh, buy online, pick up and stock. We launched it during the pandemic year. Although the company already has been working towards that, we expedited that process and and enabled it at the very first couple of months of the pandemic uh, to make sure people have different options of getting their products. And another example is what kind of data you can collect. the social media, comments, listening to the voice of the customer through all those social channels Gives you an idea of the sentiment and what customers are really unhappy about. And sometimes you don't have to make huge investments to change that conversation. You just need to be present, authentic. You have to recognize that customers are struggling. A lot of them in that survey will learn experiencing financial hardship mm. and uh, understand what they value most. So during the pandemic, comfort has become the number one quality. Of that course, looking products. <laughs> right. And just uh, this month, Amazon published uh, their results. And top selling products, and Amazon is our wholesale partner. We sell a lot through Amazon. So, Sketches is the num- number one uh, footwear brand sold on, Skech- on on Amazon, right? On Amazon. Now. Wow. Yeah. That yes. is
0: huge.
1: It is huge because of comfort.
0: Yeah. And yeah, we absolutely. sold
1: a huge amount of socks. During the pandemic, we've never sold so many stocks. <laughs> so this, uh, these are kind of entirely changing, shifting uh, trends that you have to be aware of. But what I was saying at the beginning of the conversation, doesn't matter how big you are, how much data you have. We really did not know what to anticipate because there was nothing like that that happened in our recent totally. industry uh, to be able to look back and forecast. So it was more of experimenting, testing things out, trying to understand the customer on a day-by-day, week-by-week basis and making sure there is cross-collaboration and alignment at the leadership level to be able to make quick and uh, sometimes very bold decisions. Uh, to make sure the company continues uh, to operate under those conditions.
0: Absolutely. Let's talk brand sentiment for a second. Do you have any good tools that you guys use to to gather brand sentiment that you're not just manually going through every comment?
1: Well, yes, there there are tools. I'd I'd rather not say specific tools if it's okay. But uh, there are a number of companies on the market. Some are more uh, startup, more product development. Stage others, and we're actually experimenting. We partner with some of those. Others are more established. So, uh, the ones that we're currently testing that are are developing, that's why I don't want to mention the name, they actually allow us uh, to understand from the vast uh, landscape of uh, the internet all customer reviews on all different sites. uh, Oh, so it gathers
0: it all together.
1: It gathers it all together based on wow. your specific product skew, So yeah. that's a tons of data to digest and they do a really good job of consolidating it. And it's uh, very timely and it provides us information at the product level, what people are saying across all different blogs and review pages, etc. And also uh, gives you ability to do some sentiment analysis within that tool, but we like to do it in-house just to pull that data and uh, do our own analytics uh, sentiment yeah. analytics on that uh, to be able to categorize to make it more within the context of our company and how we look at products
0: totally yeah that totally makes sense what do you think is is the number one piece of data that you see other people not getting that you think that 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 mm-hmm. is really important
1: now, i want to say people don't get it maybe they do but it's very challenging together i would phrase it like that by far anything consumer related is the most important piece of information so if you can understand your consumers if you, and if you have a way of talking to them through whatever channels and the more targeted you can get the better. That's the most important information. So your efforts, I probably wouldn't overstate if I said that it can triple uh, the return of investment if you're able to target and personalize your messaging to customers. So collecting customer emails or any other way of talking to them directly and any other information about those customers is very challenging to get because especially now that people are with privacy laws and people becoming more aware of how their digital information is being used and shared, uh, that is becoming uh, more uh, valuable and harder to get asset. But this is one of the core assets any company can have. And putting in place processes and structure and ways of collecting it early on from the beginning of your company. I think that that is
0: path to success. Mm, awesome. Awesome. I love it. How long do you look at data for? Like, are you mm-hmm. looking back like six months, a year? Mm-hmm. When, when does data expire?
1: Yeah. It depends. Uh, It depends on the question you're trying to ask with the data. So we usually, when it comes to digital analytics, uh, e-com behavior, or tracking performance of marketing campaigns, it's pretty limited because there there are a lot of changes, a lot of uh, variability. It doesn't make sense to look past, uh, let's say, six weeks or in some cases, six months at most. But When it comes to forecasting or predicting trends, then we look as far back as we can. Of course, you have to uh, keep in mind that if you're comparing to historical data or historical trends, that all conditions can be comparable. So for example, if we're trying to compare store performance in a certain area to store performance, retail store performance a year back, uh, we need to make sure that similar type of stores... In similar location with similar product mix were in existence. So it's a mm, good gotcha. comparison. But yeah, for uh, more advanced analytics and predictability, we we'll try to look back as far as possible.
0: Okay. Okay. Nice. That's a great answer. I got to ask you the question I ask everybody who comes on this podcast. What is your secret to scaling?
1: Secret to scaling. That's a great question. It's different for every company, but it's also similar in the sense that you need to be brave to experiment. You have to take risks, but your risks should be based on evidence and data. I truly Mm. believe that uh, having the right data will enable you and testing constantly your hypothesis will enable you to, scale.
0: Hmm. Awesome. I mean, I wouldn't expect a different answer from you. So <laughs> <Of course. laughs> of okay. Well we've got we got three questions left here. What okay. is number number one, what is your favorite tool or app that you're using right now?
1: Audible is my go-to tool
0: for ah, reading, I like
1: podcasts. Uh, I love to learn. I love podcasts like I uh, am Jordan, your podcast on Mindful Marketing. I listen to a lot of different podcasts. That's how I learn uh, about different uh, industries and just different ideas I get from that. And can I add one more? Yes, of course, of course. MindTools, the website is MindTools.com. Okay. I really Mind like tools. it for it has bunch of tools from strategy to design thinking, to product design, uh, to leadership, productivity, et cetera.
0: Awesome. Awesome, that's great. I will take a look at that one too. So we'll make sure to put all these in the show notes as well. Second question for you, and uh, you've already started to sort of answer this: favorite podcast or audiobook?
1: Well, right now I'm reading, or listening rather to audiobook uh, "Once a Warrior" by Jake Wood. He's uh, okay. ex-marine who started a nonprofit, and it's some uh, great leadership lessons from war veteran. And he narrates it in his own voice, so it's very impactful. Uh, That's what I'm listening to now. But I also like uh, Colossus podcast, Mindful Marketing podcast. Uh, So these are the ones that I listen um, pretty regularly and, Anything on AI and machine learning. So oh, cool. Andrew N.M.G., Andrew N- 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 you spell his last name, is a, a great person to listen to or read books if you're interested in AI. He has a, a podcast and also a course on Coursera on AI for everyone. Hmm. He describes it in a very easy way, a very engaging
0: way. Awesome. If you could sit down with anybody for an hour, have some Mm -hmm. coffee, tea, beer, wine, they have to be alive. Who would it be?
1: uh, I think it would be Andrew because, and he's uh, Andrew, uh, because I've been uh, listening to his AI machine learning podcast and would like to pick his brain further on what the future holds and how we can capitalize on our uniquely human qualities in the world where machines and AI will be better than us in many tasks.
0: Yeah. That's the interesting thing, right? It's like, we are going to have to differentiate ourselves as humans. Yeah,
1: right? exactly. And do the things
0: that, that we really are good at. And right. yeah, it's it's so interesting. Thanks so much for coming on the podcast. This was an awesome conversation. Where Thank can you, people Charlotte. connect with you and find out more about you?
1: On LinkedIn. So uh, that's the easiest way. Yeah. Awesome.
0: (laughs) Awesome. That's great. And we'll put that in the show notes. Thanks again so much for coming on.
1: Thank you, Jordan. It was a pleasure. Thanks for having me. Hey
0: guys, we hope you really enjoyed today's episode. Can we ask you a favor? Hit subscribe so that you never miss an episode and share this with your e-commerce store owner friends. We also love reviews. So,